0: Father, we pray that you will make our lives a worship unto you. And as those Greeks who came to John, we ask and plead that this morning we would see Jesus. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, in Jesus' name. Amen. The story is told of a Sunday school teacher, it could have been a Sabbath school teacher, who was having difficulty in getting a response out of her class. And so she, you know, a little bit like sometimes a Sabbath school or, or a uh, teaching session here at the summit. And she said to the children, she said, Well, what's gray? has a bushy tail, and stores nuts for the winter. The children looked at one another and didn't say a word. And after a little while, brave little Johnny said, I know the answer must be Jesus, but it sure sounds like a squirrel to me. It seems to me that we're all a little bit like Johnny. The answer must be Jesus. And yet we, it sounds so much like a program to me, a varied kind of program. It could be creation, celebrations, charters, chip, whatever. You know, win wellness. It sure sounds like a squirrel, but it's got to be Jesus. Is health ministry all about Jesus? You heard about that on Monday morning. Yesterday morning you heard about reaching out, the salvation that Jesus brings, the personal Jesus today. Reach up to Jesus, putting him first in our lives. You know, as I walk around the summit and wherever I work and go, I am impressed that everyone is connected. Um, Yeah, no, I'm not connected. My cell phone I switched off and left in my briefcase. But everyone's walking around with them, and if you're not careful, you'll bump into somebody, and someone's going to have a tremendous injury, and they are. People walk into polls because they're busy texting and looking at these iPhones, iPads, Blackberries, whatever they may be. We are very, very busy. 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 Deadlines. And as I was writing yesterday, and I thought to myself about deadlines, I was doing an email, I looked at the word deadlines and thought, if you add another S, it's deadliness. Deadliness. And I wondered, as I wrote in the email that I will attend to this issue after I've accomplished a few deadlines, I wondered about the deadliness of our existence. You know, when I had a BlackBerry in the good old days before Fred Harding came and swept through our department with the converting power of a Billy Graham and introduced those of us who were born BC, you know, before computers, uh, into the Apple world, I had a BlackBerry. And early one morning, I'd stirred in my and woken up. My wife was just coming back from her early morning exercise in the basement, and she saw me just fiddling and looking at some emails early in the morning, and she said she just stood at the door as she walked into the bedroom, and she said, Good morning, landlessp at gc.adventist.org. And she said it so lovingly, so kindly, But what a wake-up call it was for me. To what am I connected? To whom am I connected? Is it to Outlook, Mail, Twitter, Tweet, my family? Am I connected to Jesus? I remember that 30 years before that incident took place, as I worked in a small town town, a beautiful little town working as a family practitioner. And uh, as the practice grew more and more busy and uh, the Lord really blessed and we saw more and more patients and, uh, you you know, you you don't get to choose your patients. Patients get to choose doctors. And I had a few. One tends to remember them much more clearly than others, but I had a few that were really always on my case. And they would call at all hours of the day and night. And I remember it was one late afternoon. It's supposed to be an afternoon off, and uh, the phone rang. And my wife called me, and she said, "Mrs. So-and-so is on the line." And I mumbled and grumbled, and I said, "Oh, I don't want to talk to her." I was thirty years younger then. I used to grumble and mumble. I don't anymore. <laughs> ask, ask Peter Handyside's, because <laughs> he doesn't exist. And so I went to the phone and picked up the phone and said, uh, yeah, good afternoon, Mrs. Sonson How? Yes, no, it's lovely to hear from you. Yes, certainly. I'm sorry you're not. well. Yes, I'll meet you at the hospital in just about an hour. Yeah, put the phone. And my wife stood there, my mentor, my friend, my soulmate, my coach, and said to me, also in a loving way, I wish some days that I was Mrs. So-and-so at the other end of the telephone. Of course, this doesn't apply to any of you. Thirty years later, as I journey along this road, I ask myself the question, am I connected? Am I connected to Jesus? Or am I in a form of godliness and denying the power thereof? It's interesting to watch people. It's interesting to hear people remind me of myself. I said the other day to a very dear and close friend, well, I I don't lose my cool. She says, you know, I remember watching you at an airport one day, and I thought to myself, goodness me. Oh, to see ourselves the way that others see us. And so I wonder, as I journey along this road, am I connected? And as I watch some of your reactions to people who may be in your way in the corridor, I'm not judging, I just observe. And as I see people bump and bustle and push and focus, because maybe you're in their way. And I think to myself, I so would love to have greeted that brother or sister. To whom are we connected? Who are we putting first? You know, by beholding, we become changed. And if I look at outlook all the time, my outlook is going to be outlook. But beholding, I'm going to become changed. And what is it that brings about this change that draws me to Jesus? I love the verse in Romans 2, chapter 4, uh, 2 verse 4, which says, Know ye not that it is the goodness of God that leads you to repentance, repentance, Back to reality. We are so busy. Deadlines, email, projects, studies, exercise. We're so busy to get out there and do our exercise. We come back with a a sort of holy glow. (laughs) I know because I exercise. I didn't this morning because I was exercising my mind and praying a bit more. And I think to myself, as I look at the busyness of the saints... That if I were the devil, I think I would do exactly what he's doing. To some, I would come with the uh, fallacious ideas of evolution. But there's only a small group that I would deal with that. Those who are fiddling with mad-made philosophies. To others, I would keep them busy so busy that they wouldn't have time to pray, they wouldn't have time to read, they wouldn't have time to meditate, they would be focused, focused, focused on the harvest, so focused on the harvest that they would forget the Lord of the harvest. And in so doing, the devil studies me and he looks at my heart and he looks at your heart and he says to himself, I know that this one likes to be right. And tell so let me work on that. That one needs to be appreciated. So I'll pay a little attention to that. He plays in all this, and he keeps his name out of it. When you talk to people and hear them complain and, and, and gossip, that's a word that we don't often use. It's often the church this, the president that, the health ministry's director. He keeps his name out of it. I had an interview the other day with a very very interesting and nice individual. And he told me about the time that his father worked at the General Conference. And he says you know some of my clearest memories of childhood sabbaths so after we came back from the mission after the age of 12 years this young man was when they came back. He said is listening to my parents and the visitors who also worked in on 29 Talking about their travel experiences and how difficult they were. And each one had an experience which would trump the next ones. If the ship was late for one, the other one had a donkey ride. (laughs) And so it went. He said, You know, my dad was very seldom at home for us, he was really always busy. How busy are you? How busy am I? What is our real need? Our real need is encapsulated in the title of this morning's devotional. Reach up to Jesus. Reach up to Jesus. Put him first. You know, there's that beautiful hymn that says, And he walks with me, and he talks with me. But it starts out, I come to the garden alone. And, you know, I always used to think of that in a different context. We had a lady when I was growing up at church who would choose that at every song service. And I really got a bit tired of it. And Andy walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I'm his own. And I knew of people who wanted to meet Andy. Who's Andy? Andy walks with me. Andy talks with me. But it's really I come to the garden alone when the dew is still on the roses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I Peter Handysides (laughs) am his own And the joys we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. He walks with me. Do I keep up with him? He talks with me. Do I listen to him? So often my prayers are a list of things for him to do. It's almost like a honey-do list. Lord, these are the things that need to be done. I need to get finished. I need help. I need to find my keys. I need all... Please bless my children, etc. And there are wonderful experiences that Jesus shared with his disciples, his students. And we are our students. <clears throat> the students of Jesus, students in the life, in the, in the school of life. And time is always a pressure, but in Mark chapter 10, you find two wonderful experiences where the disciples are sitting with Jesus and they come to him, James and John, and they say to him, Master, we want to ask you something, and they say to him, you have to say yes. Yes. My girls would do that to me when they're small. They sometimes still do it to me, but they know and I've also learned how to deal with that. Daddy, Daddy, we want to ask you something, but promise you'll say yes. And the disciples, can you imagine these grown men come to Jesus and say, Jesus, Master, Abba, we want to ask you something, but you must please do it for us. And Jesus asks them a question. Do you remember what the question is? What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And then exactly what you said, sister, are you able to follow me to the cross? He then outlines to them servant leadership, something which we talk about, but I don't know that we always do. And then in the very next verses, there's another wonderful experience about blind Bartimaeus who's at the side of the road, and the people are telling him, stop making a noise, Jesus is busy. And then Jesus says, bring him. And they go to him, and in the New International Version, that says, get on your feet, he's calling you. Get on his feet, he's calling you. And he comes to Jesus, and what is the question Jesus asks him? What do you want me to do for you? Did Jesus know he was blind? Of course he did. Does he know that you and I are sin sick and needy? And he's asking us the same question. And you know, when the man was healed, it says he followed Jesus along the road. He didn't go to a seminary. He didn't go to a health summit, which is all important to do. He followed Jesus along the road. An encounter with Jesus brings us into following, into service. The demoniac, when he was healed, where was he found? He was found clothed and in his right mind. Where? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mary. That's Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 10. You move along and you see the encounter of Martha and Mary in the home of Lazarus. Mary and Martha and Bethany. And there where Martha is washing the dishes loudly. Banging them and making a good noise and coming to Jesus and say, Do you not care that I'm doing all this work? And she, and Jesus says, she has chosen that. Good thing. And where was she? On the blackberry? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Am I doing that good thing? Is my life a relationship, a fruit-bearing relationship with Jesus? Or am I in need of an Adventist alert app? And Jeff is going to share with us what maybe is a little skit on what some of us would like to have. Man? Yeah, yeah, long time no see. Did you uh, enjoy that sermon last Sabbath? I sure did. Your meat lover's pizza, sir? That's not mine. No, I remember you specifically said, and I quote, give me as much pepperoni as humanly possible. No, that's not true. Then you asked me if we could put bacon on a pepperoni pizza. This could have been avoided. Adventist Alert app was created with you in mind. Always know who is nearby. Never get caught or judged by your peers again. Let's see what would have happened if John had installed the Adventist Alert app on his phone. How much bacon can you put on a pepperoni pizza? Wait, on second thought, make mine vegan. Wait, do you have any flaxseed? Your kids will love it too. Mom. Boys! I'll trade you two Annie McDonald's for an LNY. He didn't have prophetic visions. Works for all kinds of people. Give me all your money, man. Okay, man. Don't hurt me. Are you Adventist? Hey, yeah! <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm still gonna need your wallet. It's cool, I'll I'll tight it. See ya church. What are we in our hearts? How did alert happen? What are we and before you go to the app store, it's not available. Don't even think about it. But as I looked at that YouTube <coughs> sent to me by one of my cynical Christian friends, the Lord's Spirit spoke to my heart: "Is what you see what you get in my life? Is others is what others see?" And what they get, the same in your life. Paul sums up a life in Christ so beautifully. When he speaks to the Athenians, and he talks to them about the God who made the world and everything, isn't it? Is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by hands. God doesn't live in a church. He lives in your heart. Where is God on a Tuesday? He's right where you are, where I am. He's not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out to him. And find him. And then adds this so beautifully. Though he is not far from us. He's not far from us. The King's Herald sing a song. If God's not there, who moved away? Who moved away? And then he says, for in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your poets have said, We are his offspring. We need to seek him. We need to reach out to him. He needs to be, number one, the beginning and the end. How do we do this? How do we have this relationship? How can we walk and talk with him and listen to him you know that takes me back as we come to our closing now when I used to pastor in a church and hardly a sermon would end without the key formula, if, it, if you would, on how it works. You see, to have Jesus first in your life, you need firstly to know him. And how do you get to know him? How do you get to know anybody? By spending time with them. By talking to them. By walking with them. By listening to them. And so to know him becomes primary. And once we know people, we learn to enjoy their nuances, their foibles, their their wonderments about them. And once we know them, we then can love them. And once we love them, nothing is too much trouble to do for them. I was deeply blessed by Belkis' message yesterday. And I went to Steps to Christ, page 68 and read, and I would encourage you to read the chapter, Growing Up into Christ, where she read us, In the matchless gift of His Son, God has encircled the whole world with an atmosphere of grace, as real as the air which circulates around the globe. All those who choose to breathe this life-giving atmosphere will live and grow up into the stature of men and women in Christ Jesus, Many have an idea that they must do this work alone. They have trusted in Christ for the forgiveness of sin, but now they seek by their own efforts to live right. It's not going to work. Not what you eat, not what you drink, not what you exercise, not what you wear. None of that. It is by communion with Him daily, hourly, by abiding in Him that we are to grow in legal stature. No, no, no that we are to grow in grace. He's not only the finisher of it, but the author of our faith. It is Christ first, last, and always. This media was produced by Audioverse for the NAD Health Summit. If you would like to learn more about the NAD Health Summit, please visit